What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Patting the Stats podcast. My name is Bose, and with me, as always, is TK. Yo. So today, we're going to go into the weekend, uh, just reviewing college football weekend, NFL weekend, and then we're also going to touch on some of the NBA free agency. To get started, let's go ahead and we'll start with the Mississippi State versus Georgia game, and I'll let you run point on that since you're a Georgia fan. Yeah, it was uh, one of those games that, that kind of feels like a loss, even though you won. Um, it was it was pretty hard to watch, considering every single play, they were just throwing short slants over the middle, uh, and we were just dropping back way too far every single time. Like it didn't, it really didn't make sense to me at all how the defense was being called. But it is what it is. A win's a win. Uh, JT Daniels looked it. I will say the first couple drives, he looked like he wasn't like settled in all that well. But uh, once he once he got comfortable, he looked like he was lights out. Uh, obviously, Jermaine Burton had a career game, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a, a bad win if that, if there's such thing as that, but who knows? I mean, I guess the way Georgia is, is you can pick one thing that you want to be good at every week and then you just got to be, got to be shitty at the rest of them. So who knows, but a win's a win and on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, the ground game wasn't there for y'all. Uh, y'all's leading rusher, Zamir White, got 21 yards on 11 carries. One of those went for 10. So, not a good outing uh, from Georgia's rushing. But like you said, Burton went crazy. Daniels looked good for the most part. Four touchdowns. I mean, so it looks like y'all have at least found a quarterback. To be fair, you know, Mississippi State, they were selling on the run which clearly is the game plan going against Georgia. They also, you know, they only actually fielded 39 scholarship players for this game. They had a lot of people out due to COVID protocol. So good on Mississippi State. They they brought it to Georgia, and especially considering the 25-point spread on this game, they they, they, they look pretty good. But like you said, a win's a win for Georgia, and that's all that really matters. I mean, a win's a win. wasn't a good one, but what can you what can you do? But moving on, uh, speaking of not a good win, got Ohio State squeaking one out. I guess I should say holding off Indiana. They tried to make that late comeback, but what'd you think? Yeah, I thought Indiana looked really good in the second half. You know, they didn't do anything really in the first half. Offensively, they had the one touchdown. And then in the second, you know, they rattled off 28, brought it within seven, you know, had a late push in the fourth quarter to try to bring that game back, and they just couldn't get it done. Uh, Their quarterback, I don't know, it's Penix. It's just a weird name. Guy threw for almost 500 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. While you had Fields on the other side, he went for 300 yards, two touchdowns, had three interceptions. So not a great game out of Fields. Not terrible yardage-wise, 
but the guy turned the ball over and real shout out on this game goes to master teague great name great game had 169 (laughs) yards rushing with two touchdowns so i'm gonna give another shout out on the opposite side to ty freifogel yeah also great name seven catches 218 yards and three touchdowns that man yeah unguardable the guy was their offense pretty much hey he went crazy for sure. Uh, I was watching that game. I was at work, and he was just going off. I mean, it seemed like every time the man caught the ball, he was scoring. So, yeah, shout out to that guy too. But, I mean, Ohio State, they didn't look terrible for the most part. Indiana, I thought, looked good. Seems that they're probably for real. I, I didn't have this game as close as it was. I, I thought Indiana was a smoke show. But it, it seems like – they're legit. Uh, kind of sucks that we won't get to see them in the conference championship unless Ohio State loses one of their remaining games, which is very, very doubtful because the remaining part of their schedule is a cakewalk. They have Michigan State, Michigan, and Illinois. So don't see them losing. They're probably going to end up playing Northwestern, who – had a big win theirself, but we'll get into that. They'll probably end up playing Northwestern. I, I I don't see anybody from the west side of that conference being able to hang with Ohio State or probably Indiana for that matter. I think Ohio State and Indiana are the best two teams in that conference, and it seems like that may have been the conference championship game right there. Uh, I can I can agree with that, but at the same time, I mean that that Northwestern defense is crazy, but. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, one thing that I noticed watching this game was it seems like all of Fields – I know Fields had that one interception. I guess you could say it wasn't really his fault where it just bounced all over the place. But uh, the other two just seemed like he was getting, like, under pressure and then just, like, throwing it up for grabs. Or... Yeah, I mean, it, he did – the two were bad. So, we'll give him – we'll give him a pass on the one – but I mean, just as in those situations, you take the sack. You don't, you don't, you don't turn the ball over right. for the sake of maybe getting lucky and just throwing it up for a prayer. So that falls, that definitely falls on him in that situation. And it's, I mean, if you can get outside the tackle box and throw it away, you do. If you can't, you, you have to take the sack. You can't just throw the ball up in the air and, and hope for your player to come down with it. But other, all in all, it was a good game. You know, shout out to Indiana. They did a lot better than I expected them to do, which initially the game was going how I kind of thought it would go. But they pretty much held Ohio State in check in the second half, uh, definitely the fourth quarter. And they just – they come up just short. We'll move on and we'll go ahead and just go into the other big game in that conference, the Wisconsin versus Northwestern game. Yeah, like I was saying just, just just a minute ago, that Northwestern defense is something serious, bro. Uh, I mean, they they had three takeaways, uh, three well, three picks from uh, Graham Mertz, I believe is his name. Five takeaways in total. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're a force, and I'm I'm kind of curious to see how they hold up against Ohio State, which I guess at this point I'm curious to see how anybody holds up against Ohio State in that conference. 
Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, I was saying that that Indiana game for them was more or less the conference championship. Northwestern, I mean, their defense does look good, but you got to have the offense to be able to keep up with Ohio State. I mean, their defense isn't going to win them that game, in my opinion. So, unless they have the offense to be able to match Ohio State point for point, I don't really see them having a chance. But that's that's premature, you know, because the season for them isn't over, even though they have Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois left on their schedule, which I would say Minnesota would probably be the tougher game out of those three teams. Still not a tough game because, again, I mean, they're two and three, so it's looking like we're going to see a Northwestern versus Ohio State championship game for this conference uh just to kind of touch on a few things not much going on and offensively in this game this was a very defensive heavy ball game you had ramsey who went for 203 yards two touchdowns you know he went 23 for 44 so nothing to ride home about you know they didn't rush the ball very well they had 24 yards rushing all game, whereas they yep. held Wisconsin in check running the ball. Berger did go for 93 yards, but as a team, they were held to 136, which is well under their average yards per game on the ground. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm I'm curious to see how this defense can stack up against. Um, Ohio State's offense. Obviously, I think that's a game that Ohio State will more than likely win. But uh, it's just interesting to see the the offense versus defense matchup. I guess you would say. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's impossible for Northwestern to beat Ohio State, but when you look at coaching, when you look at recruiting, obviously Ohio State wins in both of those categories. They are the more nationally relevant team. And, again, in a regular season where Northwestern has maybe some out-of-conference game, I don't know what their schedule was before COVID, uh, so I can't get into that. But, you know, you don't know in a regular season who they may or may not have lost to coming outside of the conference or maybe inside the conference because, you know, these schedules were switched around so much they may have pulled Ohio State. I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't think that's something worth looking up right now because it's irrelevant. But, you know, like I said, Ohio State, I believe, clearly the better team. So we'll find out. We should find out because I don't see Northwestern losing more than at least one out of those three games. So if that is the case, then they would still go into the conference championship game against Ohio State, barring – two losses from them, which seems unlikely. You know, it, it will, it's something we'll, we'll see. Again, defense versus offense. And then on the opposite side, Ohio State's defense, while not the best, but Northwestern's offense isn't anything special. So I just think that game really favors Ohio State. But, you know, considering they – but yeah, they, they they played Wisconsin. Wisconsin was a top ten team. They beat them, and it was, I mean it was a good win. 
that was a real good win for them. And that's a huge win for Northwestern. And like I said, you'll more than likely see them in the conference championship game against Ohio State. So, yeah, I think I think we'll definitely be seeing how they stack up against Ohio State. But uh, moving on, you got Oregon squeaking one out against UCLA. Uh, and, and then somehow moving up in the rankings. Yeah, I, I don't understand the AP voters. That makes no sense to me. I mean, UCL is not good. So, yeah. for them to move Oregon up two spots after dropping Miami to uh, three spots, coming off a win, to be fair, they did move Miami back up, but they did jump Oregon over Miami, and Oregon has not beat anybody. So, I don't understand the rankings. It is the AP poll, so it doesn't matter. We'll we'll get the true polls this coming Tuesday whenever the college football playoff polls are released. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Oregon did not look good against uh, against UCLA. I mean, UCLA is just not a good team, and they had a fight to win that game. Uh, not a good look for the, the Pac-12 as a whole, to be honest, because, I mean, that's your – that's your premier team right there, and they're struggling to beat UCLA of all right. teams. Like, I mean, UCLA used to be good at one point, but they haven't been good in a while. So, right. I don't know. Not a good look for the for, for the Pac-12, in my opinion. Yeah. So, according to the playoff predictor, the conferences with the best chance to – send a team to a playoff. You have the SEC at 97%. You have the Big Ten at 96%. You have to assume they're talking about Ohio State. And then you have the ACC at 81. I think that number is kind of low. I don't see the ACC not getting somebody in the championship game, regardless of who it is between Notre Dame or Clemson. I think the ACC has more teams that are capable of getting into the playoff than the Big Ten. I mean, they, this is their thing. So, uh, but you have the you have the Pac-12 at thirty-five percent, which is Oregon. You have Oregon, <laughs> possibly Washington. I don't know if they played this week or not, but that is the other undefeated team in that conference that has a chance. So, uh, and then you have the American, who has twelve percent chance. Even if a Pac-12 team did get into the playoff, say Oregon makes it into the playoff, they're not going to – I mean, based on what we've seen so far, they're not going to fucking beat anybody. I mean, they're going to lose, like, yeah. bad. They would get railed in the semifinal by whoever they played, whether it be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, it would, it would take a lot for them to get in. So, I mean, I mean a lot – it's going to take some teams losing and then those teams beating somebody else in the conference championship, you know, so right. who knows? It's a crazy season, so you never know what's going to happen. I mean, once we get into the playoffs even, the likeliness of games getting canceled, it's a possibility. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll just move forward and we'll, we'll go into the Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma game. The Bedlam rivalry was not close. Oklahoma State, they tried to keep it manageable. You know, Oklahoma jumped out on top real fast. They put up 21 in the first quarter. Uh, only scored six in the second. They held them to zero in the third. 
uh, and they rattled off two more touchdowns in the fourth to put it away. The game really was never close. Oklahoma State kind of hung around and had plenty of opportunities, man, but their receivers just did not do it for them. I mean, they just couldn't – they just couldn't pick up, you know, first downs because they had so many drop passes. But, right. again, it was it was pretty clear from the get-go who was the better team. Oklahoma, I mean, they've, they have – they've turned their season around where, you know, they lost too early. And since then they've, they've looked like a pretty good team. So they're kind of earning their way back up into the top of the, you know, the national standings. But again, those two early losses regardless are going to hurt them. And, you know, they have, they have no chance. I mean, they're given, like I said, they're given the American, uh, athletic conference they're giving them more of a chance to put somebody in the playoffs than somebody out of the big 12 so you know it was like i said yeah, not much of a game there's no way a, yeah there's there's no way a big 12 team gets in the playoff uh but yeah on this game uh really just the spencer rattler show i mean honestly and then you got uh obviously stevenson the running back i have no idea how to say his first name um going for 140 yards, but pretty much just a beat down all around. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the, uh, on the last episode when we were saying that I could see, we could see uh, Oklahoma state winning a close one or Oklahoma just blowing them up, blowing it open. So yeah. uh, Yeah. It seems to, it was the latter. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, Oklahoma state, like I said, they just, they just couldn't get anything going. You know, they they just kind of shot themselves in the foot. And Oklahoma, you know, they didn't do anything special defensively to stop them. I mean, they held their run game in check. But apparently Chuba Hubbard has been battling some injuries, and he only got eight carries. They, they split the carries between him and Brown, which Brown got more of the carries, but Hubbard, Hubbard still had eight carries for 44 yards, which is about a little over five averaging. Uh, he had one long for about 29 yards, and the guy looked good. He just wasn't really getting in the game, and even when he was in the game, he wasn't getting the ball. Then they were content with – Shane Illingworth, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the, the backup quarterback, because Spencer Sanders got slung down on his head kind of early in the game, and he went out, and then he kind of checked back in and then went right back out. But Illingworth, that guy is terrible. The guy went five for 21 <laughs> with 71 yards. That's oh my God. That, Yeah, I mean, that is that is awful. I mean, the dude could not. I mean, he – and I said the receivers, it's more on him because – the guy was he not only you know did the receivers not help, but this guy was just a lot of the drop passes were this guy just throwing bullets that didn't need to be bullets. Like you know, the guy had the receiver out in front. All he has to do is give him the ball out in space, let him catch it, and he's basically just throwing fifteen yard just bullets straight into their chest. Allow not really into their chest necessarily, but like somewhat behind them and letting though you defenders kind of make a play on them. So I won't, I won't put it all on their receivers, even though they, a lot of them were catchable balls. 
but sometimes you just have to throw the ball out in front with a little more touch and let your receivers do the work instead of trying to force it in there and just, you know, just sling it every single time you throw the ball. Also the least mobile quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I mean, like the guy was running in quicksand. <laughs> they they would snap the ball and the guy would try to roll out. And I swear it, would, it took like five seconds for the guy to, to get his feet moving. And by then, you know, the, the O-line, you know, didn't hold up really well. So, you know, the OU defense was getting through. And with this guy not being mobile whatsoever, they were just getting to him. Yeah, I, I, I would be lying if I said I watched a lot of this game. Uh, I flipped to it for a little bit and realized that it was just kind of a blowout and then went back to uh, other games. Uh, speaking of, Liberty – Took the L. It was a good run. They made it 8-0 and then took the L to NC State this week, 15-14. Yeah. Shout out Heath Freeze. Got Liberty to 8-0, sitting 8-1 right now. Lost to NC State. Not a terrible loss for them. You know, NC State is not a terrible team. They're 6-3 on the year. But not a whole lot going on in this game. Hawkman went for 154 Willis on the other side, you know, he went for 170, I think. He had two touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions, whereas, you know, Hawkman, he had no touchdowns, one interception. And I think, really, it kind of falls on NC State's defense this game. They had eight sacks, I believe. No, I'm sorry. They had eight tackles for loss and three sacks. So, you know, that line was getting after Liberty's quarterback all night. It's just not a whole lot of offense going on. Three interceptions by NC State. Uh, Liberty had one. But, you know, I mean, just we ain't got to get too far into this game because, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot to it. But, you know, shout out to NC State going in and upsetting Liberty, a top 25 team in the country. Yeah, not really much else that I'm, I'm going to add on to that. All right, so NFL time. We will go into – let's just start. We'll start with the Falcons versus Saints. That way I can let you rip this Band-Aid off. <laughs> um, we lost to a uh, wide receiver playing quarterback. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, and really, that's all I have to say. Uh, just couldn't get anything going on offense. Matty Ice had two picks. Todd Gurley only had 26 yards. It – it just wasn't fun to watch. Uh, Julio was in and out. I'm not real sure what the deal is there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the total yards, 378 to 248, we're going to lose that 90% of the time, especially with how trash our defense is. So, just another L. Hopefully the Falcons keep taking them. Uh, just get as high of a draft pick as we can get at this point. I mean, that's really best-case scenario for them right now. It does – winning at this point for them benefits nobody in that organization. So, yeah, I, I, I would I would tank if I were the Falcons. I would tank. I would get the best draft pick I could possibly get and then kind of just kick myself for the three wins that I have so far. But, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill, not so terrible. You know, he had – no touchdown. He didn't throw for any touchdowns, but uh, had two rushing touchdowns. He was the leading rusher for the Saints, which is 
you know, pretty good considering you got Murray and Kamara running the ball for them. But fairly accurate, five incompletions, 233 yards. Overall, good game for that guy. Let's I'll, just uh, kind of breeze through these, and then uh, if we'll, we'll stop on some of the not- noticeable ones. Yeah. Uh, Browns beat the Eagles 22-17. Carson Wentz kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Washington, Washington beats the Bengals twenty to nine. Poor Joe Burrow, man, just getting just getting beat up every week. Joe Burrow has nobody blocking for him. The guy has a terrible offensive line. If if Cincinnati doesn't get that man somebody to block, he'll probably be injured for the majority of his career until he's able to just get out of there. But yeah, I, I feel sorry for the man. You know, he was kind of picking it up. And then something like that happens. You really hate to see it. Yeah. On a little bit lighter note, though, uh, shout out A.J. Green. Got his first touchdown since 2018, I'm pretty sure. Uh, to keep it pushing, Panthers shut out the Lions 20-0 to with a – what was that quarterback? P.J. Walker from the XFL. Yeah. Didn't have a great game, but, I mean, still a good story nonetheless. Yeah, not terrible. Yeah, the Steelers, uh, Steelers. moving to 10-0. Yep. Pretty much expected. Right. Jacksonville's quarterback threw four interceptions. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars are garbage, but, you know, Steelers <laughs> rolling right along, doing what they should. I mean, they beat them by 24, so can't really ask for much more than that regardless so, of your plan. Let's talk about this. I think there is a legitimate chance that the Steelers can actually go 16-0 and here. I'll, I'll rattle off the rest of their schedule real quick to you. The Ravens, that's a, that's a toss-up game, but we'll get into the Ravens in just a second. Uh, the Washington football team, that should be a win. Yeah. The Bills, that's kind of a tough one. I mean, no defense uh, there. so Right. The Bengals, W. Without Colts, Joe Burrow. And then the Browns, which, right. So yeah, the Colts I mean, and the Browns are their last two games, but I see I could see them winning both of those, but I could also see them losing both of those. I don't yeah, I don't really see them. I think the Ravens game, I mean it's got it's gonna favor Pittsburgh more because the Ravens just haven't been as good as what we thought they would be this year. Lamar Jackson, I think he has six interceptions on the season so far. I mean, just just a big drop off from last year. Those guys are struggling right now. You know, the Washington football team, just call that what it is. They're not good. The Bills, really going to be an offensive matchup right there for them to win it, for the Bills to win it, because their defense hasn't shown up a whole lot this year. Bengals know Joe Burrow. But, yeah, I, I can definitely see the Colts and the Browns being – and I don't really want to say that, but I can see those two games – possibly being a split for them. I don't see them losing the Ravens for whatever reason, even though I think the Ravens have the best chance. But just just from what I've been seeing lately out of the Ravens, I don't see them I don't see them doing it. Yeah. Ravens lost three of their last four. And uh that, that moves us right into the next game. Ravens took the L again today to the Titans thirty to twenty four in overtime. Yeah. Derrick Henry running it in end of the game for the Titans and getting the dub, but just, I mean, not a good showing from Lamar. The guy has struggled lately. 
I don't know what's going on. The guy didn't even eclipse 200 yards passing in the game. Had a 40.2 QBR. I mean, from what this guy was last year to now, it is just ridiculous. And on the other side, Tannehill, he had a decent game. Went for about 260, uh, two touchdowns. I think he had one interception. But, you know, good enough. And, you know, you have Derrick Henry, who's a stud. Went for 133. Yeah, that's just Derrick Henry being Derrick Henry, honestly. And then uh, defensively for the Titans, just shutting down Lamar. I mean, throw 17 of 29 for only 186 yards. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think, like I mentioned, I think this has been a couple weeks ago at this point. I think teams are just starting to figure them out a little bit. I mean, at least that's how it seems. Yeah, yeah, that's that definitely seems to be the case. But moving into the Patriots, Patriots versus the Texans, pretty big win for the Texans. I mean, Patriots aren't good, but neither are the Texans. Deshaun Watson finally having a good game, three forty (laughs) four, two touchdowns. No, no rushing attack from really either team in this game. I don't think either team went for over 100 yards rushing. So pretty much just both teams airing it out. Uh, Texans come away with a with a victory in that game. Yeah, shout out Cam as well. He had a great he had a good game too. 365 yeah. and a touchdown. Yeah. He had he had a pretty good game. Which is a which is a change of pace for him. Also moving on. Yeah, he's been struggling this year. I'm not really sure why. He's been struggling for a but while. I guess now. I mean yeah, that's true. So moving on, uh, Dolphins took the L to the Bron- uh, Broncos. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, upset of the week. So they they benched him. <laughs> that's my upset of the week. I did not see that coming. Broncos, terrible team. Yeah, and then you know, Dolphins just couldn't get it going offensively. Broncos end, end up coming away with a win. Uh, Chargers beat the Jets 34-28, which pretty much to be expected. The Jets are now 0-10. Yeah. Pretty solid Uh, chance they don't win a game. Very solid. They actually are eliminated from playoff contention after this uh, this loss. Not that anybody expected them to get into the playoffs. (laughs) But, yeah. that's That's a relief right there for them. Yeah, I mean, those guys are well on pace to get the number one pick in the draft. So, Shout out the Jets. They're playing. They're playing the smart game. They're going for Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, I mean, first seem to be eliminated from playoff contention. So they are well on their way to a high draft pick. Herbert went off today. I guess it was the cut that did it for him. Oh, dude, the guy was three sixty six and three touchdowns. Yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't it's, know, it's rough. Is a I guess you'll call that a glow down. I mean, the guy looks weird. <laughs> He had a he had somewhat of a flow, shaved it all off. Just just I don't even. He went from a mid twenty looking person to back to thirteen. I mean, he, the dude. I mean, he shaved head, got some acne going. Just looks like a child now. It's really weird. Uh, we'll move into the Packers hey, versus the Colts. The dude can play. Dude can play. I'll give him that. I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, when you. Maybe maybe that maybe brought back some of the youth 
shaving shaving the hair off. Had, had a real <laughs> good game. Uh, Packers versus Colts. Colts pulling this one out in overtime. Uh, shout out to your guy, Rodrigo Blankenship, kicking a 39-yard field goal to win it for him. Yes, sir. Also, shout out Kenny Moore, leading the team in tackles, leading the Colts in tackles. Yeah, Going on for the uh, for the two two nine out there. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get that guy on here so we can talk a little bit of NFL with him. Didn't see the Packers losing that game, but Colts showed up and picked up a pretty big win right there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not a not a terrible game. Had three hundred eleven yards, three touchdowns. I mean, they jumped yeah, out. They jumped true. out on them early. They jumped out. They uh, they were twenty eight to I think fourteen going into half. Colts picked up eleven in the third, and then got six in the fourth to tie it up. And like I said, the, they had the game winning field goal to lose. So really, I guess you could say the Packers just kind of blew that game in the second half. They just I mean they didn't score a touchdown after the second quarter. Right. Yeah. Moving on. Uh... Cowboys won a game. They beat the yeah. Vikings. Uh, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott has his first 100-yard rushing game this season. Wow. Did not realize that. Kind of, I don't know, kind of not too surprising. But, again, kind of is when you think about who he is. On the other side, Dalvin Cook just still going off. Probably – yeah, I mean, if, if I'm giving my honest opinion, I'm I'm saying Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league right now. I, I th- it's got to be between him and Derrick Henry, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. You're just saying, like, as of late, I mean, Dalvin, he's just been going off. I mean, he's he's been having crazy games lately. Good showing by the Cowboys. Let's touch on the Thursday night game because we kind of skipped over it. The Seahawks versus Cardinals. We both picked the Cardinals to win this game, and we were both wrong. Yeah, good game from uh, Russell Wilson. Only five incompletions all game. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I, it seemed like every play they were checking down. Yeah. But if that's what the defense is giving to you, then you got to take it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and complain about him checking down every play. But – Kyler Murray also had a pretty pretty good game. Just couldn't get couldn't get a whole lot going in the rush the run game. So yeah, they definitely. Who knows, man? Good win, good win for the for the Hawks. Yeah, very very good win for them. Uh, they needed that for sure, and they did it against a pretty solid team. So that's all I got for NFL. So if you want, we can go ahead and just move into uh, some of the NBA free agency stuff. Yeah, but before we do that, uh, let's let's touch on the fights last night. Ah, that's right. Too. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, we'll just start on the uh, on the main card. I'll just run through real quick. Uh, Paul Craig made Shogun tap out the strikes. Not I sure saw if you that. saw that, but uh, I did. Yeah, hard to see Shogun like that. I think it's I think it's time for him to uh, to hang it up a little bit a little bit past his prime here. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, aside from you know that last onslaught, it was it was a good fight. But like you said, I mean, the guy he's up there in age. It, he's not really 
too competitive anymore. You know, and I mean, he's definitely nowhere near the top of the division. So I think, I think it probably is. I mean, when you're tapping out the strikes, it's probably time to just go ahead and hang it up. I mean, if you give it maybe another second, the referee's probably calling that fight anyway. But yeah, I mean, right. it's, you don't you don't see a whole lot of guys tapping due to strikes. So to see that, especially out of somebody like Shogun, who we've seen just you know just get beat down way worse than that him and hendo you know i mean those i mean stuff like that it takes a toll on you and you know you're probably seeing you know the effects from it so to see shogun tap due to strikes after seeing him fight with dan henderson and you know plenty of other people like that just being able to take the damage you know just kind of sad to watch yeah man uh it's definitely i would say it's past time for him to to hang it up. So yeah. moving on, Caitlin Chukagian uh, beat Cynthia Calvillo by decision. Uh, not really much to say about this fight other than Caitlin Chukagian might be the loudest fighter on the roster. Um, grunting every time she does literally anything. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I, I kind of find it a little bit annoying, but Hey, that's her, that's her style, bro. I guess. Uh, Tim Means beats Mike Perry decision as well in a really, really good fight. Honestly, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you got around to watching this one, but uh, started out first round. Mike Perry came out and initiated some wrestling, took his back, ended up having some back control for a while and was even uh, threatening some submissions. But Tim Means weathered the storm early and ended up just kind of picking him apart in the later rounds. Maybe you get a coach or something. Right. I really think Mike Perry needs to go back to the drawing board and just, I mean, he's got to be, you got to be looking at his future in the UFC at this point. Like, I mean, he's lost three of his last four and his, his only win in his last four was against Mickey Gall, who has like four pro fights or some, some stupid shit like that. I mean, you got, he got doubled up on, on the significant strikes. It, It just wasn't, a good look for him uh just makes no know, sense man. maybe just makes no sense to me because i mean you're a professional fighter what other top fighter is going into these fights with you know no coaching that he has pretty much nobody in his corner and he's just kind of going in and winging it i mean it just makes no sense to me you gotta you gotta have somebody in there that knows your game plan and you gotta have somebody to point out where you're going wrong and like you said three out of your last four you're losing i mean it's kind of at least needs to be a wake-up call like do you want to do this for a living or do you just like are you having fun with it and you're basically just riding this out until the ufc finally cuts you and you end up in a lower promotion like bellator and probably get paid more money but you know, and be more high profile in that, in that, uh, that organization. But again, if you want to be at the top fighting in, you know, the premier organization against the best talent, you have to have somebody in your corner in between rounds telling you what you need to do. And that's not to say everybody always listens to their coach, but the fact that just to have somebody there to tell you what you're doing wrong, what you need to be doing, Yeah, to me that's big, and I think the guy, 
you know, could be a lot better than what he is if he just had somebody in there helping him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if he, if he, oh, and to add to that, he missed weight by five pounds. I'm pretty sure. I think he weighed in at one seventy five and a half. Yeah. Um. So that, in my opinion, kind of disrespectful to his opponent. Um. But yeah, dude. Like even the the on the fly coaching, uh, just like while they're in the moment and shit like that, it it makes a difference for sure. Like I mean, there's I was watching one of the fights. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Hold on, I'll find it. Uh, Kyle Dawkus, Doc. I think his name's Dawkus. Uh, but yeah, his his coaches were shouting out, you know, just instructions for him, and he was doing it immediately, and it was working for him. Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not there for no reason. They're not just taking your money for no reason. Like they're there to help. Obviously. Yeah. Let's move into the so, co-main event. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko defending her title. Picking up the uh, unanimous decision victory over what is it? Is it Jennifer Maya? I can't remember. Yeah. I can never, yeah, yeah. So she she picks up the win. Pretty pretty handed victory for her. Uh, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of this fight either. I'm not sure if you did, but uh, if you did, I'll let you speak on it. Uh, yeah, I watched it. Um, it was pretty. First round was was pretty much what I expected. Uh, but then the second round, I think that's probably the round Maya took. And it, it, it's interesting because Shevchenko's kind of a, at the point now where she's so dominant that it's kind of a big deal when she loses a round. Yeah. Kind of like the like the John Jones type type deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, after that second round, it was, I mean, she just picked her apart, used the wrestling effectively. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say there. She just showed why she's one of the baddest chicks on the planet. Yeah. Main event, Figueredo Perez, you know, that was that was over quick. Yeah, it was it was really fun while it lasted though. I mean, right. uh, Figueredo got hit with with a couple a couple good shots, uh, and then hit Perez with a couple good shots too, but they ended up going to the ground and the scramble was was fun to watch just seeing them scramble and then Figueredo lock in that uh that guillotine it was it was a good fight I mean I'm apparently uh Figueredo's turning right around next month to fight uh the guy that headlined the prelims uh Brandon Moreno yeah I mean the guy only absorbed five strikes in that fight so not you know and it went not even two minutes so no reason not to turn around quick uh guy's got a crazy strong choke though like i mean that dude like when he just locked that up it took like it took no time for perez to tap right i think he's just really strong for the division itself honestly yeah i mean you can kind of see it in the way he's built and we'll move into some free agency yeah. in the nba so to start for starters, uh, the Hawks Hawks are making big moves right now. You love to see it. Uh, let's see, they acquired uh, Rondo. They got Bogdanovich. Here. Yeah, they got Bogdanovich. They got Gallinari. Uh, really, just making a bunch of moves that 
are going to be beneficial for the team. Uh, the only thing that I'm really worried about is with them picking up Gallinari, it, it's kind of a, and then drafting uh, a Kongwu. There's kind of a little log jam at the big because Gallinari, I feel like, is is too big and not really athletic or mobile enough to play the three and then not good enough defensively to play the five, which is kind of the same thing with uh, with John Collins. So we'll see how that goes. But signing Bogdanovich was huge yeah, for them. That's real big. Um, I think he'll fit in perfectly with Trey Young. So we have the Celtics. Oh, also? Go ahead. Also, sorry to cut you off, but uh, they signed Chris Dunn too. Which oh, yeah. Is gonna be, I think that is the perfect guy you can have next to Trey Young because you can just hide Trey Young on defense. And then you got Chris Dunn to guard who, whatever guard you need him to. Cause I mean, I would say he's probably a top five guard defender in, in all the league. So good pickups for them all around. Oh yeah. So the Celtics, Extend Tatum $195 million over five years. I mean, Oof. Jesus, that man got paid. Yeah. I mean, they were gonna they were gonna have to do it either way, to be honest. Uh I mean he's he's their their star player, especially after seeing what uh De'Aaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell also got their max extensions. Mm-hmm. So I I, I wanna say that that's got to put him somewhere near top 10, 15 range for highest paid players in the league. Uh, moving on, the Mavericks did some did some good stuff. Uh, let me see here. They they signed Trey Burke. Uh, they used Willie Call. They I'm sorry. Uh, they signed Trey Burke and they also re-signed uh, Willie Cauley Stein. So really, just bringing people back. Uh, they lost Seth Curry. Yeah, I didn't see that. A big hit for their bench unit, but they they'll be fine. They'll be fine, I'm sure. Um, moving on, the Pistons. Pistons have actually, I think, made the most moves out of anybody. I think they're up to like 18 or 19 moves since the draft, which is pretty ridiculous. Kind of hard to keep up with, uh, but. The main ones that they uh, that they've done signed Jaleel Okafor, signed Mason Plumley. Uh, they picked up Jeremy Grant as well, which is also causing another kind of, I guess you would say, just log jam at the power forward spot. Jeremy Grant's a four. Blake Griffin is a four. And uh, who did they pick? Who was their pick? Isaiah Stewart. I think he's a four as well. Um, but they just have they just have a bunch of uh, of power forwards for no reason. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes for them. But kind of the same situation big. that the uh, that the Hawks are in. Yeah, they gonna run four power forwards and a point guard. So uh, to keep it pushing, let's see here. Golden State. Um, Obviously, they signed uh, Kelly Oubre in that sign-and-trade. Uh, I believe they just signed Kent Bazemore as well. They did. Um, yeah, and then on top of picking up James Wiseman in the draft, 
losing. Oh yeah, we got a. We didn't. We haven't even mentioned Clay. Feel bad for the guy. You hate to see uh, that yeah. kind of stuff. I was excited for him to come back. It's, it seems like it's been forever since I've seen him play. Yeah. Hopefully after this season he'll be back. Good to go next season. But because I feel like Clay is the kind of guy that can recover from something like that because he's not a he's not a guy that relies on his athleticism too much he's he's i mean i mean he's a, he's shooter. a shooter like exactly he's good on he's good on defense too but uh but yeah it doesn't really rely heavily on his athleticism so he should be fine so yeah the rockets uh in what is one of the the more slept on deals so far this offseason in my opinion got christian wood from the pistons that's going to be huge for them because i don't know he was just quietly dropping like 25 points a game right before the season was uh right before the season was suspended so i mean the guy's an up-and-comer up-and-coming star in the league to be honest but uh yeah they haven't done a whole lot but picking up christian wood is a is a good move for them Sterling Brown, he agreed to a one-year uh, minimum deal with the Rockets as well. Yeah, coming from the Bucks. Uh, let's see, the Indiana Pacers. Um, haven't done a whole lot. Uh, I heard that they were suitors for for Gordon Hayward before they before he signed with the, uh, the Hornets. Yeah, before he signed with the Hornets. But other than that, I mean, they, it doesn't seem like they've done a whole lot. No, nah, not other uh, than what we've already reported on. I mean, like you said, uh, LeQuay, uh, they got him for Leaf in that second-round pick. Oh, yeah. So, hey, I mean, I, maybe that's an upgrade for him. I don't know. Uh, let's see. The Grizzlies uh, re-signed DeAnthony Melton. That's a good one for them. Four years, 35 mil. And then other than that, haven't done a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, no. Nah. John Tay Porter. Yeah, and they John resigned. Tanchar. Yeah. The uh, so Bucks, Bucks, they agreed to a uh, – or it's reported. I don't know if it's official, but uh, two-year deal with Brian Forbes and then another one – uh, I don't think there's anything set in stone at the moment. Uh, Tory Craig. Tory Craig's going to be a good pickup for them, in my opinion. On top of what they've already already picked up, uh, good backup guard. Get some more guard play in there, uh, and just I mean can space the floor, which is really all you need when you play with Giannis. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, they had a well, they, they had a. Oh, I guess. There, because they're basically bringing in Forbes to fill Kyle Korver's spot, right? But yeah, so I guess we we haven't we haven't recorded since the uh, the Bogdanovich trade fell through, right? So apparently, he just he just never agreed to go to Milwaukee, which is uh, kind of weird how that how that whole thing played out. But yeah, yeah that knows? seemed like a done deal. Yeah, that that's a that's a weird scenario. Um, but yeah, picking up Tory Craig is going to be good for them, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He can guard. I mean, I feel like he could guard probably one through three, two two in the three. I mean, 
Yeah. He's not going to be like a is he 32% career three-point shooter. So, I mean, good three and D guy. Help out, help out Giannis on in that aspect. Yeah, it seems so like the Knicks, Knicks they uh, they agreed to a three-year, ten million dollar deal with Austin Rivers, and then uh, kind of a, I mean, this is more trade than free agency, but uh, Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans and a future second-round pick for Ed Davis. Uh... I mean, I guess that works for them. I don't know. The Knicks need a little. The Knicks need a little bit of everything. So, but the Thunder over here, with their thirteen thousand first round pick. God, dude, those guys are gonna have uh, every first round pick for the foreseeable future. Right. What is it? What is it? I, honestly, like 18? I don't really know. I think it's. I think after the draft, it's sixteen Jesus. now in the next six years. Gosh, I mean that's, I mean that's just ammo right there. You can do a lot with that, right? Whether you're just taking them or using them as leverage to bring in people you want to bring in. Yeah, that does kind of make me wonder what their what their I guess you would say end game is with collecting all these picks. Are they gonna try and and use like draft with all of them, or are they gonna try and package them together with some of the players that they have? And try and trade for some, make a splash with somebody big, or but, I imagine I mean, both. I mean, I, sure I'm sure both. they'll use some, and I'm right. sure you know they'll use some of it just to bring in some some established players into the into the locker room that can help them rent, win right away. Yeah, shit. I mean, they got plenty of them. So yeah, I mean, they, they ain't hurting for picks by any means. Right. Uh, the Sixers signed Dwight Howard like an hour after he tweeted that he was staying in L.A., which is <laughs> pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's really about all they've done. Right. Uh, uh, they they got, got Tony Bradley. Right. They gave him up uh, – or they gave up uh, Zaire Smith for him. And then, uh, yeah, Portland. I don't really understand that. No? Go ahead. No, I uh, – I mean, you already have – you have Embiid, and then you signed Dwight Howard. So I don't really, I don't really understand why you would pick up Tony Bradley too. But maybe they're just getting some uh, some insurance in case. Because I mean, you know, Embiid's health history. So maybe that's just insurance on that. Yeah, just kind of get a little more depth. The uh, Trailblazers they have agreed to a one-year deal with Harry Giles. Mm. we'll see how that goes. I think that's probably just to fill a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, Giles is a bench player. Uh, I don't believe he – Really, I don't think he started I – mean, he definitely wasn't a starter in Sacramento, so I'm sure that's more or less just to kind of add a little depth to the bench. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm actually pretty excited to see how the Blazers are this year. Uh, I think – I think with – adding Robert Covington to the team. I'm just excited to see what they can do. Because, I mean, obviously you're going to have to have superhuman performances from Dame and CJ to get them to a finals. But, I mean, who knows? I could see them I could see them winning a series or two in the Western Conference. Probably just one, if I'm being honest. I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. 
the uh, jazz. But the jazz. And this is, I don't think this is, or maybe maybe it is finalized. But uh, apparently, they are agreeing to a five-year, $195 million deal with Donovan Mitchell. Another Max guy. Max out. Yeah. I mean, shit. Another guy getting paid. I mean, shit, you pretty much got to. He's uh, he's the heart and soul of that team, especially yeah. offensively. Oh, yeah. And it's not even really close. Oh, definitely not. I mean, it's him and then the rest. AD still hasn't re-signed yet, but oh, I mean, we're all under the impression that he's going back to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I read a report that said he's that said he's waiting for uh, to see how the roster is shaping up, and hey, I think he's gonna like it even more now with Wes Matthews out there. I mean, you got uh, Montrez and. Uh, Schroeder too. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for basketball this year. It seems like every team is getting better, which is interesting to me. I mean, but we'll see. I'm I'm excited for. Normally, before basketball season, you get excited for like the Western Conference. You know, they're normally like the powerhouse conference, and then you got like your two or three, four teams over here in the East, but. This year, it seems like it's going to be a dogfight on both sides for every playoff spot, and I'm just excited for that. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's going to be an interesting year. It'll be a quick turnaround. I mean, because we're getting back into that fairly quickly. I'm kind of just ready for NBA to pick back up. Right. But that is a wrap. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate everybody who listens. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at padding stats pod and you can follow me at bose b-o-z-e p-t-s-p and then you can follow tristan at t-k p-t-s-p yep and we'll see y'all next week